we've all known for so long. Uh, I, I think this is basically a non-story, but it's the front page of ESPN, so go ahead. Quick question, Jeremy. Yeah. If they find out a bunch of dirt on Pete Carroll, does this mean that we'll have two Rose Bowl victories here at the University <laughs> of Michigan? <laughs> yeah, sure. I'll That'd give be it awesome. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so, Pete Carroll, let's root for a uh, major legacy of John Navarre continues to grow. Right. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. Uh, any thoughts on Mark McGuire? He, he used steroids, guys. This is crazy. I mean, who knew? It's not exactly a revelation. I no. mean, it is, you know, hearing in front of Congress, you know, he might as well have just not said anything. I mean, everybody could infer you know, what was really going on. So, it's, it's not very shocking. You know, I, you know, everybody. I am heartbroken today. <laughs> <laughs> I stood by him all the way. So did Tony LaRusso. He's Tilt the Cardinals hitting coach this year. We'll have a press conference. It'll be fun uh, to begin the year. Aroldis Chapman, by the way, six years with the Cincinnati Reds. That's the MLB signing of the weekend. That'll do it here for us. For everyone in studio, I'm Jeremy. Join us on Thursday night for basketball against Indiana. Tuesday and Navarre gives to Perry. Perry through the middle. Touchdown, Michigan. And the Wolverines have won it in overtime. Michigan wins by a score of 27 to 24. And the team storms the field to mob Chris Perry. WCBN Sports, 88.3 FM, Ann Arbor. WCBN.org. On to attempt it for the Wolverines. Holds her breath Ann Arbor as Navarre gets set. Places down. Kick is up. It's long enough. It's good. It's good. Michigan wins the game. Michigan shocks Washington. And the Wolverines are victorious. Well, uh, good evening, and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim Dwyer. And, of course, we got some unemployment numbers out over the week, kind of a wasted day, I think, today on the Harry Reid situation that I don't think we need to go into. That's what we call a inside-the-beltway kerfluffle. 
involving nothingness. Uh, whatever. Somebody's attempt to make something out of not much at all. Ah, uh, yeah. It's, uh, you know, comments are awkward, but they're not racist. They're racial in orientation, but not racist. <coughs> and it's a non-story in my book. It's not like uh, nobody else in Washington ever said anything a little awkward. Well, and, and you know, I'm sure that Reid never expected to see the comments see the light of the day, but, I mean, he was at a meeting supporting Obama for president. It wasn't like Strom Thurmond where he's <laughs> encouraging uh, racist attitudes and defending it. And, of course, Strom Thurmond had a long paper trail of involvement with organizations connected with that sort of stuff. So, Just ask Trent Lott. Yeah, well, and... Personally, I mean, as, as offensive as his comments were, I didn't think it was a resigning offense. Trent Lott? Yeah. yeah. David Ritter and uh, John Ensign are still in the Senate, uh, keeping the Republicans at 40 votes somehow uh, with far more serious uh, offenses. And uh, court hearings await them eventually. Anyway, uh, I thought one of the most interesting stories of the week was this uh, double agent involved in the uh, the bombing. Triple agent is actually what he's yeah. being called uh, by <coughs> Financial Times. And uh, it's a very interesting story. Uh, I'm sure we're going to await more details, but of course the other big story of the two of the uh, seven casualties were Blackwater security people. Uh, they were supposedly not on the payroll anymore. <laughs> Oops. Right. And uh, by the way, just... Uh, I missed most of this interview. There was a, a very interesting fellow on Fresh Air today. You can probably uh, look that up on the web somewhere. Um, I even forget his name. But he's uh, working for ProPublica, which is a public affairs nonprofit uh, news organization. And he pointed out that there have been 177,000, uh, oh, wait, I've got this wrong, 1,700. Uh, contractor deaths in Iraq and uh, uh, Afghanistan. And, of course, Blackwater is uh, one of the notorious uh, contractors and two of their members uh, supposedly still providing security uh, at this base in Afghanistan uh, were t uh, two of the casualties. And I read recently that the number of contractors in Afghanistan actually exceeds the number of troops. So this is a... Uh, I think that's been true for a long time. Yeah, for a long time. And what was interesting about this guy's uh, sort of reportage on uh, Fresh Air with Terry Gross was this murky area involving compensation insurance. It uh, now turns out that AIG, uh, remember uh, one of the recipients of the big bailout money, was the main uh, insurer for these contractors that were working in war zones and that they were charging $100,000 a year for a policy. Um, well, mighty course, expensive. Yeah, another scandal, uh, of course, uh, re revolved around the fact that these hired security guys uh, received better pay and uh, compensation packages than did enlisted U.S. troops. And that's probably still true. And uh, Jeremy Scahill of The Nation magazine, I'm sure we'll have more stories uh, in upcoming editions of that fine publication, but he's uh, pointed out repeatedly that uh, Blackwater has been doing all sorts of off-the-book work for the U.S. government during the Bush-Cheney years. They apparently uh, have um, 
quote, contractors uh, roaming around Somalia and Darfur, <laughs> and that this is sort of a private mercenary off-the-shelf army that is accountable to nobody uh, except the corporation. And there have been all sorts of scandals. There need to be some serious congressional investigations into this whole brouhaha uh, from top to bottom, because I think that the security failure at the Afghanistan base involving the CIA is, is uh, maybe more egregious even than this uh, recent uh, at clumsy attempt at blowing up this airline. Well, listeners should be aware, too, of the fact that we've mentioned this before, but it's important to keep in mind that Blackwater no longer officially operates under that name. Yeah. They're now called Z or XE, which most people are pronouncing Z, not to be confused with the Costas Gavras film, which or, is or still Z one of the scariest movies ever made. Xena, Princess Warrior. Oh, perhaps <laughs> she. Wasn't that her <laughs> moniker? Yeah, she, yeah though she had an X-E-N-A with Xena, yeah. I never, the never actually princess. saw the show, but I used to see ads for it. And yeah, it was I, a very popular it, show. <laughs> kind of surreal. Just like U.S. foreign policy and intelligence gathering in the Southwest Asian region. Struck me as sort of a darker-edged Wonder Woman, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty accurate. Yeah, okay. Take on Xena. Well, maybe for my own <laughs> cultural enlightenment someday I'll have to <laughs> check out an episode if it ever sees the light of day again but uh princess warrior i mean that's an appropriate uh title because uh, eric prince of course is the <laughs> uh main uh man behind uh, z services i believe they're called these days and i was fascinated uh, upon reading a biography of uh, eric prince that he is the sister of betsy tavos of the famous uh Richard DeVos. Uh, Brother of Betsy DeVos. Yeah, the, uh, the Betsy DeVos is his sister. Sorry, I think I misphrased that. Um, of course, <laughs> he's been known to be using disguises and bragged that he he worked for the CIA. Perhaps he paid a visit to E. Howard Hunt in his final days on putty chins and fake limps, fake eyebrows and, and uh, dresses. One wonders how many times E. Howard Hunt sported uh, women's clothing to perform one of his cloak-and-dagger operations. But we do know that he was a typist. He typed forged papers for Tricky Dick, trying to yeah. implicate John F. Kennedy in the assassination of DM. Oh, yes, I keep forgetting that the key to the Hiss case was the typewriter. <laughs> <laughs> Quoting Richard Nixon. Anyway, we diverge. Well, you mentioned unemployment. It looks like you got some numbers in front of you too, and it's also emerged that uh, U.S. public pensions are uh, in serious crisis. Uh, Thirty-six U.S. states have plunged into budget deficits since fiscal 2010 began, and uh, we're talking about thousands of billions of dollars of shortfall in public pensions. Uh, this is going to make economic recovery difficult, and might make uh, retirement for some people. Damn near impossible. Yeah, and Bob Herbert had a recent column. I failed to put the date on this, but it might actually even be, be today's. But it's either today's or recent. But uh, uh, just to put this in perspective, you know, the, the numbers obviously are improving slightly, but they're still negative. It's important to realize that the country continues to shed manufacturing jobs, 27,000, construction jobs, 53,000, even government uh, shed 21,000, retail uh, which you would think would be up in December, lost another 
uh, 10,000 jobs. On the positive side, uh, temporary workers are going up, and that's sometimes a leading uh, sign down the road that eventually there will be permanent hires. But with this sort of uncertain health care bill that I think has uh, been thrown back into the monkey wrench because apparently Ben, <laughs> I don't wear a toupee Nelson, uh, caught an earful back in Nebraska about the special pork that residents of Nebraska who probably need some extra health care after this recent cold uh, snap because mm-hmm. I noticed temperatures in Nebraska. We, it was cold air, but it was 20 below in Nebraska. Wind chills in North Dakota, by the way, 57 below. We were lucky here. Uh, the Great Lakes actually kept Michigan warmer. But anyway, back to Bob Herbert. Uh, he, he writes, uh, the Center on Budget and Policy Priorities has pointed out that if you add up the state budget gaps that have recently been plugged, in most cases temporarily and haphazardly, and by the way, stimulus money, money was part of this temporary haphazard uh, budget plugging, uh, as we found out here in Michigan, as well as California, uh, California looking at another $20 billion in uh, red ink that uh, the governor is going to have to come up with uh, solutions for. Uh, the, and those uh, that are likely to remain to be dealt with, which you'll likely reach a staggering $350 billion for 2010 and 2011 fiscal years. So we're talking here about, about $180 billion this year, maybe $190 billion the year after. The Center uh, on the Budget Priorities offered some insight on how the trouble, and I'm quoting here from Herbert again, in their states add up for trouble to us all. Quote, expenditure cuts are problematic. Policies during an economic downturn because they reduce overall demand can make the downturn deeper. And when states cut spending, they lay off employees, cancel contracts with vendors, eliminate or lower payments to businesses, and nonprofit organizations that provide direct services and cut benefits to the payment of individuals. Now, here in Ann Arbor, uh, a, a city that's uh, relatively uh, immune from the uh, glo- uh, national economic problems, although not completely immune, but, uh, you know, it's, it's sobering to read, for instance, that uh, there are going to be substantial cuts in the school budget, mm-hmm. uh, that they're actually openly talking about paying to play for sports, for instance, as an extracurricular activity. America's budget priorities are out of kilter. And while I give Obama a solid B for his first-year performance, which I think has been mixed in many uh, cases, um, I think that the stimulus package did mitigate some of the uh, economic downturn that, that is underway. There are some improving signs, but they're not rosy pictures. American history shows quite clearly that we do not have a recovery unless construction, i.e. housing, uh, uh, you know, commercial real estate, et cetera, and or manufacturing goes on the upswing. Some good news out of uh, Detroit today in the midst of the Detroit Autos show. Apparently there's going to be some uh, plants that have been shut down recently reopening because of uh, increasing demand both globally and uh, slight demand increases here in America. That's good news. But we need to see tangible benefits in these two sectors for the economy to really um, recover. I personally think retail is more abund uh, for a variety of reasons. The days of the the house being used as a piggy bank to uh, finance uh, consumption is 
over and done with. And if Obama made one brilliant quote last year that hasn't been repeated enough at his first press conference, he said, the party is over. So those are the sobering words. The reality, of course, is that Obama needs to get back onto the uh, jobs issue. He needs to get away from this uh, intramural fight that this health care debate is uh, going to continue as they hash out the conference committee. But don't be surprised if there isn't even a bill out of this, because there seem to be rats jumping the ship. Well, speaking of rats jumping the ship, I don't know. Two pays and all. <laughs> Two pays and all. I don't know if you want to mention anything about Dodd quitting the Senate. Oh, you know, that actually benefits the Democrats. I, I don't understand. I mean, he's you know, he's a kind of an odd duck. He, I thought, was a very good senator when he was in the minority back in the 80s. He was a very vociferous critic of uh, Reagan foreign policy in Central America. Indeed he was. For instance, one of the, one of the best. Um, his unraveling seems to have been running for president. Uh, he moved his family to Iowa. And, of course, he's linked in a kind of murky, uh, favorable mortgage uh, benefit, benefit that he got. And, of course, he's chairman of the banking committee. But overall, he's actually had a pretty good public career. But I think that he's a realist, and he uh, was looking at the fact that he's mired in um, – Poor numbers, though I don't understand how they're poorer than Joe Lieberman's, because Joe Lieberman is the other senator from Connecticut. And uh, the replacement uh, for Dodd, uh, the attorney general of, uh, of Connecticut, uh, is very popular. So I don't know why the Republicans are re rejoicing about this turn of events escapes me. Byron Dorgan, on the other th hand, I think is a real loss. Um, he's actually been a very good senator as well. Um, he's clean, and he's honest, and he's frank. And, you know, one of his pet uh, bills, or pet crusades lately, and this is a seat that I think the Democrats will lose, but I don't. I, the idea that there's going to be some cataclysmic change in the Congress I think is, is mistaken. The Republicans have a lot of retirees that they're going to have the trouble, uh, trouble defending their seats, and I think the Democrats probably will lose North Dakota, but... Uh, da, uh, B Dorgan, I should say, uh, who basically said, look, I've been in public life for 30 to 40 years. It's just time for me to do something else with my life. I need to move on. And I accept him at his word. I mean, he, he'd served in the Congress for 30 years, 12 in the House, uh, 18 in the Senate. And uh, his big bill is one of his big issues besides uh, focusing on some of the – by the way, he voted against the Iraq War Resolution. Uh, that's to his credit. But uh, one of his other big um, pet issues has been the uh, importation of generic drugs from Canada, North mm. Dakota, the state that he represents, where it was just recently uh, wind chill factors of 57 below, need more than drugs to survive <laughs> in that kind of weather. So, I mean, I think that that's a legitimate issue. We need to find out more about why the government, for instance, under Medicare, is forced to buy uh, prescription drugs at these administered prices by the oligopolist American Pharmaceutical mm -hmm. Corporation uh, complex. Scary stuff. And uh, Dorgan has been 100% correct on that issue. Oh, well, interestingly, too, although here it is, it's like, what, the second week of January, third week of January, uh, technically, uh, and there's already a lot of huffing and puffing about uh, what will be midterm elections. Yeah, And that's weird. not till November. 
Um, there's a short article here by Sheila McNulty about uh, Democrats hoping to snag the governorship of Texas. Bill White, the current mayor of Houston, apparently has recently resigned from that position. Uh, term limits there uh, limit him to three runs anyway. And he's going to run for governor where he actually has a pretty good chance because the Republican ticket is likely to be split. Current Governor Rick Perry uh, won the last election with only 39 percent of the vote after the opposition was split four ways which it's likely to do again um, because this time uh, Perry's facing off against a woman named Kay Bailey Hutchinson. Um, a, a senator who's retiring. Exactly. So <laughs> there is another uh, wild card in the mix. Um, but the, McNulty's article states here that a win in Texas would give the Democrats a boost on what is expected to be a difficult day across the country. Well, this is a long way away to project that as a difficult day. There are just a zillion things that could and might happen between now and then. Well, it's a difficult day, and, and the thing that's so ridiculous about predicting what can happen 10 months from now is it, it's going to come down to the economy because right. I, I've already pointed out that I thought that on the Afghanistan uh, escalation that Obama has undertaken, that's taken that out of the, out of the equation. Right. Afghanistan is not going to be a political issue in the upcoming election. You're just going to have to wait and see what happens with the... Uh, the die as it's been cast. Yeah, and there's nothing you can do about that. Now, the health care debate, uh, I think, is still murky, and we still don't know what's going to— and it's impossible to debate it because there's so many leaked pro, uh, negotiations and proposals that uh, you, you don't know what the final product's even going to look like. So that's sort of up in the air. But as for Iraq and Afghanistan, where the idea that the Republicans are going to somehow exploit this recent event in Detroit with the airplane, mm -hmm. which I think it ain't happening— Yes, the Democrats have gone down. Yes, Obama has, has gone down slightly in the polls. But his problem is more with the left, I think. Uh, he doesn't realize it because many people right. on the left have been disappointed. Um, Obama, of course, seems to be trying to play it safe and run, run the ball up the middle, so to speak. Um, I think he has actually accomplished some, some legitimate things. But it takes time to turn around the, the Titanic. And the Titanic in America, unfortunately, has already hit the iceberg. This is not a we're on the way to the iceberg. This is the uh, flotsam and jetsam of the Nixon, Reagan, Bush II economic policies of 40 years. Well, n nine out of 30 years we've had Republican misrule. Yeah, well, yeah, completely. And that's the problem. He inherited a bad hand. And I agree with the economic uh, critics that say that this is really about structural problems in the American economy. Things are changing underneath our feet. Newspapers are collapsing. The advertising media industry is in complete disarray. Um, we're even having cell phone uh, problems with some of the networks because Americans who were convinced that banks, that houses are piggy banks, now want to believe that cell phones are computers. <laughs> So that we can't even call on the phone at times now. It's an absolute morass and, and a mess, and somebody's got to say, enough of the madness, let's take control. But I agree with the critics that there are structural problems with the American economy that need big-picture ideas. I agree with Krugman. We need to have another big stimulus. And on the issue of the TARP, which I just never cease to be amazed that Obama somehow gets criticized for this, he wasn't president. Bush was president. Paulson was the secretary right. of treasurer. Yes, Geithner was peripherally involved because he was uh, president of the New York Federal Reserve. But that TARP rescue plan was a 
Paulson idea. It happened under Bush. And I'd well, as also you mentioned like, last week, it was as, as, as much a save the Republican Party before the elections plan yeah. as anything. And, the, and that, and there was a, there was a complete crisis on, on Wall Street. Nobody could buy a Lehman Brothers. That mm-hmm. was the problem. If you go back and you check the, uh, the books that are coming out, and there have been some good ones and more to come, uh, there's very good financial analysis by uh, mainstream writers like Andrew uh, uh, Ross Sorkin of uh, the New York Times. Gretchen Morgesons had excellent columns about these murky problems uh, with this uh, TARP bailout and the beneficiaries of the bailout. Some of those banks didn't actually need the capital, but they were forced to take capital as a big plan because if only three or four banks took them, then their stock prices would have collapsed and the market would have known those are the bad banks. When they forced nine institutions to take them, it sort of spread out the the fog, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And the problem on that day, that infamous weekend, you know, before John McCain um, made the fatal... Soiled himself? Yeah. <laughs> and Sarah Palin wasn't much help. She's back in the news. She's going to be on Fox News. As a Ye- contributor. Yeehaw. I can hardly wait for her uh, sharp opinions. Her deep intellectual insight. Amazing. Uh, so much for her resignation as governor of Alaska. Yeah, well, I'd... Benefit the state. And, well, it may have done no, that. No, it was, it was, it was she... the budget problem. Sarah just couldn't deal with the yeah. fact that they had declining uh, revenue due to the decrease in oil prices. and She had to make some tough choices. Oh, boy. Well, speaking of governors, I'd be remiss if I didn't include this one last detail from Sheila McNulty's article about the governor's race in Texas. Oh, yeah, that's an uh, interesting race, by the um, way. Quite. Uh, it says here, the other Democratic contenders are perhaps less orthodox choices for the Texan electorate. Um, there hasn't been a Democratic governor of uh, Texas since before George W. Bush. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, Ann Richards. Ann Richards. Yeah. Indeed, she was great. Uh, but these other Democratic contenders are uh, Farouk Shami, a Palestinian immigrant turned hair products magnate. Oh, my. And a special note to WCBN listeners, uh, Kinky Friedman, comedian, oh. country songwriter, and author. Uh, running, no doubt, with Stoney Burke as his... <laughs> perhaps. His running mate. Well, the thing that's interesting about, you know, the, the, the media for a week has been focusing on the Democrats a little bit too much, I think, with this Dodd-Dorgan uh, uh, sort of surprise announcement. Uh, maybe it was a surprise. I don't know. But, um, you know, you got to look at the other states where the Republicans are retiring. Florida's up, up for grabs. Mm-hmm. Missouri is up for grabs. Ohio has probably a close uh, senatorial election in which Republican sitting senators are resigning. And Bailey Hutchinson, by the way, is, uh, I mean, she's running against Perry, who's openly discussed secession. He's associated <laughs> with the teabag, the teabag movement, and, and those, I like to call them the hose bags, because <laughs> that's what they really need to be wearing on their sombreros. <laughs> well, uh, better leave it at that. Yeah, Yahoo's, uh, in Jonathan Swift's uh, term, Covers a lot of ground. And as for uh, politicians from Texas, I'm only reminded of the recently deceased uh, Molly Ivins, who I loved, who once said of a Texas politician, if his IQ was any lower, we'd have to water him twice a day. (laughs) 
She is missed. She is missed. Uh, there are some real doozies uh, running uh, in Texas, as always. Uh, a fascinating cultural <laughs> appendage of our great United States of America that we annexed. Indeed. Well, there I are remember some. Remember the Alamo. <laughs> <laughs> but for all the wrong reasons. Um, there are some, of course, who suggest that perhaps Texas should be allowed to uh, indulge in its secessionist fantasies. Well, I think it ranks, and we, this was discussed during Bush's uh, great management of the state, that it ranked something like 49th in child uh, coverage of insu- you know, right. insurance and pretty much last in the almost bottom of the, of the barrel for health care and something like 48th in education spending per pupil. So despite the perception that Texas has a robust economy, uh, it has its own problems um, that uh, <laughs> remain unaddressed by Teabag Perry himself. So whether Hutchinson pulls this off, this looks like one of those intramural fights uh, yeah. within the Republican Party that I, I don't think the pundits are, are quite appreciating. This is this is going to uh, repeat itself, by the way, in uh, Florida in the Senate race between a guy named Rubio who is the darling of the media at the moment against Charlie Crist, who's uh, apparently being lambasted because he embraced Obama when he accepted the stimulus money uh, recently, um, which uh, I just mentioned is is part of the reason these state budget gaps were plugged uh, last year. Mm -hmm. Uh, The uh, stimulus package wasn't big enough, but it prevented a bigger downturn. And if you look at the main numbers regarding job creation, unemployment, layoffs, et cetera. These all are moving in the right direction. The problem is the velocity. It's not happening fast enough. And predicting unemployment uh, for the upcoming November elections is impossible to do at this point. Uh, I think the question is, what is the direction? If it's still going down on the unemployment rate is going up and job creation is still uh, lethargic, uh, the Democrats will lose seats. They're going to lose seats regardless, probably, because of historical uh, uh, reasons that it's just the way the system in America works. There's always a swing back of the pendulum. Mm -hmm. The question is, how far is the pendulum going to swing back? But I don't expect the Republicans to take control of uh, either the House or the Senate. I expect them to gain a few seats here and there. But uh, the idea that this is going to be like 94 and a huge swing back, uh, I think, is mistaken because... (laughs) The Republicans have been in charge of this uh, wacky three-wing ring, ring circus over the last uh, several decades that have caused these structural problems in the American economy. Macomb County Democrats voted for Reagan uh, in 1980, and they were rewarded shortly thereafter. Unemployment was their uh, their payback. Indeed. And actually, uh, it's a pretty safe bet that we'll see increasing uh examples of Republican infighting, whereas there's pressure from the left in the Democratic Party, those left-leaning voters aren't likely to abandon the party or not turn out to vote, uh, given the memory of the last you know, eight years. Um, the stakes are still pretty high in these sorts of things. But uh, there is an element amongst the Republican voters that just won't turn out to vote if they don't get to kick the ball. If they don't get to kick the ball and also, I mean, look at the the fact that they're not talking. They don't have any real ideas for solving America's problems. They're still talking about the Christmas um, 
Detroit event on the, on the talk shows. The underpants bomber. You know, where, you know, I it's amazing because I think I cracked the joke about, about Ted Kaczynski the week before. 